everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast from the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there. And you've caught us now on episode three of a series where we're kind of exploring and trying to understand Islam, which is part of a larger series of kind of a comparative world religions that we've been doing. We talked about Mormonism, we've talked about Hinduism, and now we're in the middle talking about Islam. And I have my friend Peter here with us. Hey, Peter. Hey, Charlie. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad that you've been willing to spend all this time with us and just kind of getting to learn about who you are at the first episode. We got to talk about who you are and your growing up and how God gave you a heart for people who are far from the gospel and specifically Muslim people and just kind of from from your high school days, just kind of interacting with 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 them. And it's been cool just to kind of hear that, not only that story, but then just your heart is just kind of coming out all over the place. You can just tell that you have a real love and passion for the the Muslim people. And we spent some time in the last episode just kind of talking about the basics and where I feel like we ended up. And I think I, we kind of summed up the last episode this way, but I'll kind of get us back there again, that conceptually, God, God is very similar. One, one big creator, all-powerful God. We as his people created in his image. We're sinners that have been separated. And the Muslim answer is repentance, you know, asking God for forgiveness and to strive to get back on the path. And really, from our perspective, from, from, from the way American Christians would talk about it, a, a very works-oriented salvation. I, I can... I can achieve the path to reconnecting with God by, by simply an, a real, really an act of will. I, I am choosing to be sa- sorry. I'm choosing then to choose righteousness as opposed to a grace based through Jesus where it's like, I need Jesus' sacrifice for me to even get to a point to where I could even pursue righteousness at all, which is that's a, that's a big difference. And as we're talking about the path, like, okay, I'm going to strive to get back on the path of righteousness. They would describe that through their five pillars. And anybody who took a comparative religions class in college or world history, where he talked about Islam, probably everybody's heard that phrase, even if they can't come up with, most people probably, I think most people come up with two. We could do a survey sometime. How many can you come up with? Maybe I can come up with two. Right. But not many people come up with all five. But you know who I know can come up with all five? My man, Peter. My man, Peter's about to come. He's about, he about to crush all five of them right here for us. So what, okay, so what are the five pillars of Islam? So these five uh, pillars are considered the essentials. Right. It's the essential practices of, for Muslims. And it serves as a foundation for the Muslim faith. And the five pillars, they would be one, it's called a shahada. Okay. Shahada means faith. Okay, these are Arabic Arabic words. words yeah. Okay. So basically, it's, it's a declaration of faith or the shahada. What it really means is it, it involves bearing witness that there is no God but Allah. Okay. Right. And, and Muhammad is his messenger. Okay. And so this proclamation is central to Islam and it signifies the acceptance of monotheism and the belief in Muhammad as the final prophet. The final prophet. So we talked about, we talked about before that there was a string of prophets. Yes. Jesus was one and then yes. Muhammad. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. There's no Muhammad 2.0. No. That's coming. This is it. This is the final. And so prophet, in this, yeah. in this thing, in this profession it says that, and Muhammad is his messenger. Jesus used to, re- Jesus is referred to as a prophet. Is this a different word? Like Jesus is a prophet, 
but Muhammad is the messenger. Is that a different word or is that, or is it really not? It's the same word and it's really not that it's different. It's just, it's the final piece that makes him different. The messenger is only one. Okay. And that's Muhammad. All right. For Muslims. So they would never see Jesus as a messenger, but they would look at Jesus as a prophet. Okay. In, in, in Al-Quran. So, so I think most, most Americans with those English words probably would consider them the same. Yeah. What's, the di- what's the difference between a prophet and a messenger? A messenger is someone who brings the gospel okay. to, the, to the people and God's chosen one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they would never see Jesus as the chosen one. Uh, so, so a prophet is telling you, a prophet will tell you some things that are true. I'm going to tell you some things. Yeah. And then a messenger tells you, Tells you the thing. Yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. So that's number one, the number profession one. of faith. Uh, what was it? Shahada? The first one is Shahada. Shahada. Okay. Which is faith. Okay. And the second would be Salah. The Salah would, means prayer. And it means ritual prayers performed five times a day. And uh, so when Muslims pray, they, they are required to pray facing the Kaaba in Mecca. Uh, and these prayers involves specific physical movements or and recitations of verses from the Quran, and uh, and so they would recite the Quranic verses and pray. And prayer serves as a means of spiritual connection, worship, and remembrance of God throughout the day. And that's why they pray five times a day. It's at specified time. Specified time, yeah. In the okay. morning, I think it's five in the morning. And at seven again, at at twelve, at afternoon, and in the evening again. Okay, yeah. Man, I'm not trying to be smart here, but lo- whatever local time is, whatever local time is, yes. Okay, so it's not everybody all over the world at the exact same time, right? It's just mm. five five Eastern time and then five Central time. So just the same basic times of day wherever you happen to be. Yes. Okay. And so you're saying there's a specific direction that mm-hmm. you pray. I'm yes. praying towards Mecca? Towards Mecca. Okay. So the Kaaba is basically a triangle shaped, like a huge little, huge mosque. Okay. Uh, and, the, and I don't think anyone has ever been in the Kaaba, but uh, it's basically people are praying around the Kaaba. Okay. And yeah. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a thousand miles away and I'm, I'm praying towards it. Towards the Kaaba. Kaaba, okay. yeah. So, Certain times, certain direction, and again, and, and it's it's scripted. Yes. You say these certain things and do these certain movements. So it's yes. not like I'm just chilling and like, hey, God, I'm kind of having yeah. a hard day today. Can you please be no. with me? It's very, yeah. You may have prayers like that. Do you have prayers on like your, that? On your own. On your own? Will yeah, you yeah. pray kind on of your like own. your own words to yeah, God? Maybe? Yeah, on okay. your own, yeah. But these are, yeah. these are these scripted, are scripted. Yeah. Five, times, five times a day, every day. Yeah. Is there like, and if you if you miss, is it like? We would get a, you know, tr- I mean. Uh, well, I mean, I know a lot of friends who don't go to the mosque or don't pray okay. five times a day. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. And, yeah. Isn't it pretty, I mean, like there, there are a lot of uh, nominal Muslims. Okay. And so they wouldn't pray five times a day or even go to the mosque on Fridays. Okay. So that's uh, pretty common. Okay. So pressure, the profession of faith. Yes. Prayer. And third one would be zakat. Mm-hmm. Zakat would mean uh, charity. So zakat is the obligation of giving a portion of one's wealth to help those in need. And uh, it's, it's actually considered a form of purification. Okay. 
and an act of social responsibility. Muslims are encouraged to give a specific percentage and it's usually 2.5% of their annual savings to support the less fortunate and promote economic equity. Okay. So it's not just what you're giving to your mosque so your mosque can... Mm. This is... It's really more to help the poor and the less fortunate. Okay. Offerings and... Yeah. Okay. So confession. Confession. Prayer. Uh, faith. Confession of faith. Confession of faith. Prayer. prayer uh, charity. Charity. And the fourth would be uh, psalm, which means fasting. Okay. Psalm refers to the obligatory fasting during the month of Ramadan. Okay. Uh, and um, so during this month, Muslims abstain from food, drinks, and other physical needs from dawn till sunset. And uh, fasting is seen as an act of self-discipline, spiritual reflection, empathy for the less fortunate, and a means of uh, attaining closeness to God. Okay, so the, the fasting that... It's only during the month of Ramadan. It's not like a, a weekly or a monthly. No, it's just during the month of Ramadan. And it's just from sunup to sundown. Yes. Okay. Yeah, my wife and my daughter, they both fast during the month of Ramadan for Muslims. Okay. So while they are fasting, they fast and they pray for Muslims. That's really cool. Like most people's familiar, again, this is, you have to apologize for us being Americans. Most people's familiarity with, with Ramadan and fasting is if there are any Muslim athletes, professional right. athletes, yes. you know, and then you'll, you'll hear about, you've got this athlete on this NBA team and right. he's, he doesn't get to eat all day. Oh, is it, is it yeah. going to affect his performance that night or right, whatever? Right. Okay. So, right. so it's, just, and it's, is it a lunar calendar similar to, is this a, it seems uh, to me like it's not always at the same time. It's the, the ninth month of the Islamic lunar calendar. Okay. Yeah. So that's why it would on a solar calendar like what we have, why it would it would seem like it's at different times. Different times, yeah, so every year. Perfect, yes. perfect. All right, so that's four. Number five. Five will be the Hajj. Okay. Which uh, Hajj is actually the, is the pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca in Saudi Arabia. And this is a once-in-a-lifetime obligation for those Muslims who are physically and financially capable. Okay. Um, so pilgrimage takes place during the Islamic month of do al-hijjah okay and involves specific rituals and acts of worship at various locations symbolizing unity and equality among muslims okay so it's not just hey at some point this year some point before you die you have to get there and it can be like any time yep. you need to get there at some point in your life but it needs to be during a, a specific time yes. of the year yes there's a time when we're we're, we're all if if you're going to go this year you're going to go during this time yes you're okay. Right. Yep. And so I'm guessing, I mean, I think most people know this. I mean, it's even become a word. Oh, that's, that's the Mecca, right? People use that word in a, in a metaphorical sense. So obviously Mecca is a, an important holy city. And so I want to, I want us to spend some time. It's probably, I want us to wrap this up first. I want us to spend some time. I want to come, I will come back to that because I, I do want to understand kind of what the significance of that particular city is. Um, so the profession of faith, prayer, uh, giving to the poor, fasting at Ramadan, and one pilgrimage in my lifetime. Yes. Well, some people do multiples, like yeah. because it's that important. If people can afford it, they would. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so I am I am striving to be on the path of righteousness. And so th these five things are going to 
can, can just, they're going to, it's going to, they're going to consume me. I've got, obviously there's probably, I'm sure there are other moral codes in the Al-Quran, right? Yeah. Right. But, yeah. but, but, and so I, I need to follow those too, because that shows my devotion to God, but they're really, it's really built around. Right. The, these are the, these are the main ones. These, these would be the fundamental practices okay. of Islam, but they are not the entirety of Islam. Okay. So, because there's also the Hadith. Right. Yeah. You know, the, and so what the, uh, the five pillars of Islam, they provide a framework for religious observance and ethical living. But the Hadith, which is actually the sayings and actions of Prophet Muhammad, is something that uh, Muslims follow as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's get into it then. So we, we've got, we got this framework. And so we even talking about Mecca, I think is a good, right. is a good transition. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, what I, what I think I know, and then you can tell me if that's right or, and you can add meat to the bones. So the prophet Muhammad, he was trying to figure out who God is, what was real, all these people saying all these different things. And then he has a revelation from God in a cave. Yes. And from an angel. Angel Gabriel. And, and, and has revealed this, this new, this new path. Is it, is that the, is that the basics? How yeah. Would, how- yeah, you're right. I mean, Charlie, you're right. I mean, well, according to the Islamic tradition, Muhammad received revelations from God through angel Gabriel. Right. And, uh, which are then later compiled to the Al-Quran, the holy book of Islam. But his primary motivation was to convey the message of monotheism and establish a, a society based on justice, equality, and submission to the will of God. So what happened was like, Muhammad faced challenges and opposition from the society, the uh, polytheistic society of Mecca, where he initially preached. And So wh- where, where was he? Wh- where was the cave? Uh, you know, some, some, somewhere, somewhere in the, somewhere, somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. I just so don't Probably know. somewhere in modern Saudi Arabia. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first place he goes is what is now the, I guess, I guess it was called that then the city of Mecca. It was Mecca, called Mecca back then too. Probably. I guess yeah, so, yeah. It was. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I did, I did a little bit of reading myself right, coming right. up to this. So, he, sure. so he, he goes, he goes there preaching. Yeah. They're like, bro, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And so what happened was. Yeah, bro, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, have that, is that what you have written on your notes? Quote, yeah. bro, get out of here? Yeah. You know, and then he, what happened was he gained follow, followers who believed in, in him. And, uh, and then they migrated to a city of Medina. Okay. They moved there and that's where he first established the Islamic State, the city of Medina. So he, uh, Muhammad became the religious leader and a political leader guiding the Muslim community and implementing social and legal reforms at that time. And then he spread the message of Islam through peaceful means and uh, military engagements. A bit of both. Both, yeah. A little bit defending the Muslim community against external threats. And after his death, the teachings of Muhammad and the revelations he received formed the basis of the Islamic theology, ethics and jurisprudence. Okay. So Mecca then becomes a, a, the, the, the premier holy city because the, 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 did they have some great, he established his base in Medina. Right. Did they have a great victory? 
in Mecca that yes okay correct and yeah so is there something is there so is is there something about that city or that is it that that makes it particularly holy or was it just is it just connected to that I I think just because the Kaaba is there okay uh, and so I think this was, is the big triangle the big triangle yeah and so I think uh, I don't know a lot about the history and mm, okay. uh, but. But I think because the Kaaba is there uh, and it's in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So I guess uh, that became the hub. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've, you've very delicately said this, which I appreciate because again, I, your, your heart is coming out, right? It was, it was a, it was a mixture of what we would just call good old fashioned evangelism right. and military conquest. Right. And, and so there's a lot of, more so probably 20 years ago than now, but there was certainly in America a lot of talk and a lot of connection as Islam being a very violent religion, that, that, that violence is kind of in its nature from the very beginning. And so while Christianity or even Hinduism, they have violent stories that they, we could tell from the past, some would say that violence... We've been, I've said that there are people that have been taught, we've, we've been taught this or been tried to be convinced of this, that the violence in Islam is inherent into what it is from the very beginning and, 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 and it still is, mm-hmm. it's still a vi- it's, it is still trying to achieve its means v- through violence. I just need to know what you, what you would say to that. Well, um, well, it's yes and no. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, All good questions have a nuanced answer. <laughs> and then we established that we established that two episodes ago. Well, it would be uh, unfair to make a blanket statement that Islam has a violent presence. Like any other major world religion, Islam has a diverse set of followers, right, with varying interpretations and practices, and that's normal. And uh, I mean, we know of instances of violence perpetrated by individuals and groups. Claiming to act in the name of Islam, jihad, for example. Right. You know, it is crucial to differentiate between the actions of a minority and the beliefs and teachings of a larger Muslim community. So it is not, it's just a minority okay. of people who, who think that way. But, but I do agree that the acts of violence is uh, committed by individuals, uh, extremists, and this would be people who do not represent the peaceful teachings of Islam as outlined in the Quran and or the example of Prophet Muhammad. And so, I mean, the majority of Muslims worldwide will, will uphold principles of peace and compassion and social justice as part of their religious commitment. And that's something we have seen in different parts of the world. But then there are also... Us, a group of people, right? For sure, uh, who are who go to the extreme and and uh, have a different interpretation of the scriptures, the Islamic right. scriptures, and they take it to the other extreme, and um, on the basis of justice, right? You know, or or you know, or if they feel threatened, then they would uh, exercise violence. Okay. I, th- I think one of the things that, I mean, just even some stuff we, we talked about in the, in the first episode that, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a Muslim majority country where it is illegal to convert. It is illegal to 
talk to a Muslim about possibly converting and that that level of control, I think, I th- and then we hear about that and you referred to that as a moderate Mm-mm. Islamic state. Y- yes. And so then there, there are ones that are, that are more intense than that. Yeah. For, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like Afghanistan, for example, the Taliban's. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, in Afghanistan, the, the, I mean, there are 18 million Hazaras, Hazara Muslims. What is that, are, what is that word? A Hazara is an ethnic group okay, in perfect. Afghanistan. And they're persecuted by their own community, Muslims. Oh, wow. Simply because they are not Sunni Muslims, they are Shias. Actually, see, so, we got to come back to that because I was going to, I was going to ask that right? because it, it does seem like that a lot of the conflict that, that seems to arise in the Middle East, I mean, there's obviously whatever beef they all have with Israel, which we won't talk about because I, I'm not interested in being that controversial in any podcast, right? but it does seem like that there is conflict even between Muslim groups Yes, and like the the Iraq Iran conflict lasted forever, and yes. they'll say let's let's it's the it's the Shias versus the Sunnis, yes. and like we're sitting there we're we're supposed to be as Americans watching news go yeah 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 we don't even I don't even we don't even know we don't even know what those words means are they are they ethnic groups are they belief systems what is a what is a Shia versus a Sunni and why do they not like each other well this is rooted back in history uh, basically it's a historical disagreement over the rightful successor to Prophet Muhammad. Okay. So those who followed Prophet Muhammad were Sunnis and those who didn't became Shias. Okay, so okay, so okay, so 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 Prophet Muhammad, he's 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 established his Islamic state. Yeah. And if you follow him, then you're a Sunni. Okay. And, and who are the Shias? Shias are those who who followed the the other, I think his cousin, I think it was his cousin. Prophet Muhammad had a cousin and uh, and they felt that his cousin should have been the successor to Prophet Muhammad. Okay. Uh, so it was either, so either, either going to be a son or this cousin? His cousin, I think. Okay. Yeah. And so, they, so there was some confusion there that who, who should have been the rightful successor to Prophet, Prophet Muhammad when he died. Oh, wow. And so that confusion came, that division between the Sunnis and the Shias came about uh, during... When Prophet Muhammad died, okay, and, and Muslim, I mean Sunnis make majority of the of the Muslim population worldwide, eighty to ninety percent. Okay, okay, so this is we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end with this, and of course, you know, we've we've got a whole lot more still on the table of good questions to talk about, but we've we've said so many things now that I think are important because I asked Scott, you don't know Scott, Scott was the guy I was talking to when we were talking about Mormonism, right? Okay. And in Mormonism, we have this. We have a guy who is looking for the right path and an angel comes and visits him. And this angel comes and visits Joseph Smith and through him reveals this divine text and establishes a new religious order that has a more of a works-based program versus a grace, Jesus dying for our sins program. And, and even to the point, this is the thing that brought it up into my mind. Like as soon as Joseph Smith died, some groups followed Brigham Young and other groups followed his son and they split into two immediately. Right. The Reformed right. Latter-day Saints and the right. Re- there seems to be a lot of parallels 
between both of these. And even in Galatians, where Paul is talking about how an angel visited someone and they had a divine revelation and and were wanting to modify Christianity into something that is a lot more works-oriented. Right. Have you ever made that connection before? And if so, like, what do you what do you make of that? It just seems like that there is a at least three really solid historical events where an angel visits someone and creates very similar sorts of belief systems. Wow, um, I think it's uh, it's uh, in the case of Islam, I would say there was just. Um, differences of opinion who should have been who should have taken prophet muhammad's right place you know well in this case you know they i mean the, the people then believed that leadership should be based on prophet, prophet muhammad's bloodline right and that his cousin and son-in-law ali right was the rightful successor so in in islam i mean in in history they maintained that leadership should have continued with Prophet's family through the line of Imams. Okay. Right? Who believed in religious authority. But I think the thing for me that I find most fascinating really is this this idea of angels visiting people and creating these kind of it just it just it it just seems like that this has has happened so many times. It just it some people are like, you know, oh did did Joseph Smith make it up? Did the prophet Muhammad make this up or did he have some sort of mm. spiritual encounter mm-hmm. with an angel who clearly is kind mm. of in the business of like a, like a false angel Sure, that is in the business of making these sorts of things. I just, yeah. I just, like people like, you know, cause if people will ask that, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make Mm-mm. you necessarily answer this. Like it was, 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 was Muhammad a deceiver or was he deceived? Like this vision that did he really receive some sort of vision? Right. And this is what he genuinely believed, or yep. is this just something is like, hey, I want to, I want to start this new thing, and so I'm just going to make up this story. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to think he made up a story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure people are going to disagree with that. Right. Know? But that's my personal opinion. You know. Right. I mean, because so, yeah. yeah. the other alternative for me it was like it was. It was a deceptive angel. Yeah, like a, deceptive angel. A, yes, a demon. Yes. So he didn't. He didn't. He didn't make it up. Yes. It happened, and he it thought. Happened, he yeah. thought it was real, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't a messenger from God. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, I mean, it's it's me. That's just an interesting. That's just an interesting thought because I I, I do think because it's what, it's what Paul said in Galatians, even if an angel, should come to you, right. And give you a different gospel than this. Mm. Do not believe it. I just don't think it was random. Mm-mm. Paul didn't just say, hey, if a, if a chicken flies, flies out at you and starts screaming at you yeah. in a different gospel. Yeah. I mean, he's like, say, hey, if you, if, you, if you read something in the clouds, he didn't say it. I mean, it wasn't random. I think, I think this was something that someone had claimed right. had happened. And, and again, right. maybe it did. Not, not one of God's angels, but one of the bad ones. Yeah. And it just, it just, it just I think. It, it really just kind of, I don't know if eerie is the right word, yeah, yeah. but just anyways. Yeah. So we got a, we got quite a few more things that I would like for us to talk about. Sure. About, we've, we've touched on a few of them. We got a couple of more mis, misconceptions that I'd like for us to, to talk about. And then I would love to hear about, you know, there's, there's not, I wouldn't say that there is a large, vibrant community of 
Muslims in Northwest Arkansas. Mm -mm. But it is likely that some of the people who are listening Mm -hmm. know someone and just kind of just talk about how, what advice you would have. So we'll get to that in our next episode. And as always, thanks so much for being here with us, Peter. Thank you. Thank all of you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this and encourage you uh, to keep coming back. We're going to wrap this up pretty soon. And thank you so much for being a part of this. And we'd love to connect with you either on Sundays or online. You can go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect. Find out everything that you need to know about our service times in person or online. There's a form you can fill out. Let us know that you're listening. Either way, any way that we can, we'd love to help you, serve you, connect you. Please let us know. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Peter, for being with us. And we'll see you next time.